Every time you think television has hit its lowest ebb, a new program comes along to make you wonder where you thought the ebb was. Ladies, gentlemen, and variations thereupon, please do not adjust your set. This is Modern Escapism. Hello, my name is Oodles, the Dermot O'Leary of podcasting, if you will. Today, I am joined by Location, Location, Location's Gadget. Hello. Hello. I'm also joined by The Beast, Biggie. <laughs> Cheers. And last but surely, by no means least, the man that was inside Mr. Blobby, Stig. <laughs> blobby, Blobby, Blobby! <laughs> <laughs> you all right, boys? Yeah. Hi. How are you doing? Yep, very good, thank you. How's your week been? A week? Week. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. been a week, week. Pretty busy, pretty busy. Cool. But the sun is out, the sun is out. Doesn't it feel better to have those solar rays hitting your skin? Oh, no, I'm northern, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm built it's, for winter. It's so nice, just to, like I went out today, it's just nice to just get that whew, fresh air and not to... Your nose to be free and your fingers to be falling off and your toes. Yeah, I enjoy. I'm. A, I'm enjoy. I enjoy the sun. Seems to be changing temperament with just general public. Yeah, yeah. I saw a man in shorts today, and I'm like, fucking hell, it's not that warm. I, I, <laughs> I got. I busted my shorts out. I busted Have them you? out. Yep. I, I I did see while driving around today my the, my first two um, skinny topless chavs running down the street. <laughs> It's 28th of February and they've already got their tops Mate, off. Mate, those guys have got stamina. They can run. They can they can run to the uh, the the Aldian back like, in no to time. To be fair, if um if they're anything like the Geordie football fans, then that's pretty standard. <laughs> yeah. They all they always have their tops <laughs> off at games. Those guys yeah, are nutters, without a doubt. That is yeah, true. But it's, 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 yeah, but it's usually the fat ones like that bloke with NUFC on his on his ear, ear belly. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of insulation. Speaking yeah. <laughs> of Geordies, um, Gadget, what have you been up to? Well, I, w- mm, I was going to talk about video games, but we'd had a very video game heavy week last we week. We did. So I'm going to briefly talk about one video game and then a video game book. Ooh, so um, still video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I never said I was going to change. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, um, just kind of following on from last week, I finished Yakuza 0 this week. Oh, yes. Um, I'm not going to go into detail on it, because obviously I talked about it a lot last week, but my God, what a game. Mm. That game was fucking mad. It's gone, seriously, it's gone into my top 20 games of all time. That was really? just insane. Absolutely mad. Um, and I'm not going to talk about the ending and all that in case anyone wants to play it, but it just, it just ratchets up the melodrama to the very end. And it's it's lots it's it's lots of shirtless Japanese men knocking the shit out of each other. It's perfect, <laughs> absolutely perfect. And are you um, jumping on the sequels now? Uh, yeah. I've started I've started Yakuza Kiwami, which is the remake of the first one, and I'm struggling with it because it for all it's got new graphics or well, newish graphics, um, it really feels like a game from 2005. Oh, that's a shame. Um, like for instance, if I hadn't played Zero. Mm. I would have no fucking clue what's going on because Zero is a prequel that was made in 2015. Yeah. Without getting too deep into it, but like the original game doesn't do a lot 
with setting up characters. Mm. So you have this very complicated kind of mafia structure. You have these people who are very important to Kiryu or um, very important to the plot who have no explanation of who they are and what their motivations are and why they're important, ah. um, which is fleshed out in Zero. Like, Zero gives you a lot of that preamble that you need for Kiwami. But if I'd gone straight to playing Kiwami, fuck me, I'd have no clue what's going on. I barely had any clue what was going on in your But it, it, a lot of people <laughs> that come fresh to the series, like, you'd start at the first one, surely, wouldn't you, as well? So you might miss Zero, unless you were knowledgeable on the fact that yeah. everyone yeah. says Zero's the best, start with Zero. Well, I'll start like, with Zero. Yeah, mm. like, for, like, for instance, in the, op- in the opening scenes, um, Kiryu ends up taking the rap for a crime he didn't commit. Yeah. The crime was actually committed by his kind of bonded brother, Nishikiyama. Mm. Um, and that, this happens in like the first half an hour of it. And there is no point as it explained who Nishikiyama is to Kiryu. But you know from why, the previous game. And why he, would, why he would take the rap for him. They're not even in this, technically in the same family within the Yakuza. Yeah. So it's just like, what, why would you go to prison for 10 years for this man? Yeah, yeah. Whereas when you've played Zero, you realise they're actually very bonded, they're very close to each other, they've been through a lot of shit together. And it makes sense why you would do that. Ah. So, but I'm only a couple of hours into it. I'm, I'll finish it, but I'm not enjoying it as much as Zero. You might click it. You might click with it eventually. Well, true, yeah. But the main thing I want to talk about is, so, as, I, as I've said before, I can't remember whether it was in the Discord or on the pod, one of my little guilty pleasures is I love... Um, Novelizations of video games. Yeah, you I mentioned like it. it. When, yeah, I like it when <laughs> yeah. someone like takes the story of a game. Like when I was growing up, when I was a kid, um, I loved the S.D. Perry novelizations of Resident Evil. Oh, I had all City of, of the Damned. Yeah, City <laughs> of the Damned and like uh, Caliban Cove and yeah. shit like that. I've read um, them. And I loved the um, oh, God, it was Greg something or other Greg Keys maybe he, he did the novelizations of Halo. Mm, and yeah. I had all of those. They were fucking great. Um, so. When it was announced that um, there was a two-part novelization of Death Stranding, um, one of my favorite games of all time, I was like, oh, fucking hell, yeah, I'm going straight in on that one because I love the stories of that game. Mm. So that turned up this week. And today I've read pretty much the entire book. Um, (laughs) So have they managed to explain an actual plot of a Hideo Kojima game? Dude, Death Stranding's got a great plot. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. Death Stranding is actually pretty good at telling its own story. Yeah, and it's straightforward, I think. Ish. Like by the, by the time you get to the end of Death Stranding, yeah. everything like Hideo Kojima does that great thing where he sets all these strands and these kind of <laughs> ropes going out in all directions, and he pulls them all taut and tight at the very end of the f- game, and it makes sense. So I'm reading the book, mm. and it's shit. Yeah, you, I, 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 can, I can I can tell you see that there. sigh when you read the book. When <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it it is basically. Doing what it says on the tin, it is telling the story of Death Stranding, which mm-hmm. is fine. Um, and this, so the first um, first novel takes you up to the end of chapter five, yes. which is the first cliff sequence mm-hmm. uh, for people who've played the game. Uh, and then the second version takes you all the way from that to the end of the game. Um, Only a fool would order the next book. Uh, <laughs> I, I ordered both at once. <laughs> and they just got dispatched at different times. Fool of a two. Um, any bit where it's, go- where it's giving you the cutscene from the game. Yeah. So I, t- so I take, take for instance, in the, in the opening sequences, you've got that opening sequence of Fragile in the cave. Yep. You've got the kind of, the, the whole very melodramatic sequence with um, Bridget um, before she dies and stuff like that. Um, all those are p- perfect in the book. 
Because what the author has done is he's taken the existing dialogue and then he's obviously repeatedly watched the cutscenes and got like every kind of grimace of Sam or every movement and that kind of thing. And it's all very detailed and very lovely. The problem is it's the stuff that isn't cutscene. So oh, the game no. so the gameplay or bits between cutscenes. Where the author sounds like he can't be asked. <laughs> it's so fucking bit. There is a point. So when he gets to um, the middle section of the game, so when when he's gotten over um, to Lake Knot City and he's doing the preppers. Yeah. When you're doing those sequences and you're dropping stuff off in the game, there's no dialogue from Sam. Sam walks up to um, to the the control panel. You get like a little cutscene where he says, "Hey, thank you for sending bringing me this package." And you get on some of them, you get a little bit of kind of exposition. But Sam doesn't say anything. So in those sequences in the book, there is no dialogue from Sam. Sam is just standing there silently. And Sam while stares is talking, silently, talking at him. Press <laughs> square this, to talk. Yeah. <laughs> There, there is one. There is one of them. So there, there is a sequence at like the middle of the game as you're bouncing between these prepper sites, and in the in in the book. So he goes to the elder first, then he goes to the craftsman, and then when he's talking about um to uh, going to another one of the preppers, the actual text in the book says Sam Sam let him rattle on for a little while before he decided to then move on. Oh, and he's skipping the cutscenes. <laughs> skipping the cutscene in the I love it wow and and there were just I mean the thing is the book was written by a Japanese author and translated to English and I'm going to read you um, an excerpt here so this is from the cutscene where um, where where Sam is talking to the president and she you know passes away Um, and it's just it's just these couple of lines so Bridget was falling out of bed and the cords and tubes attached to the medical devices all disconnected with a pop the stand that held the drip crashed forward onto the desk hitting the quill, the ominous pen that still seemed to bound to Bridget was surely broken. But it wasn't harmed at all. The pen that, uh, that had immortalised the pledges of the founding of this nation had survived, would continue to survive, to commit to the future dreams of the nation to paper too. Bridget had fallen on top of Sam. She was crushing him, not just with her touch, but with the weight of the nation behind her. Oh, oh my god. What the fucking state of that dialogue. <laughs> that Tom Clancy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's really bad. But the thing is, and I don't get this because it's obviously it's from a Japanese author and a Japanese video game. Mm. It's so America fuck yeah. It's ridiculous. There's all I this think kind of quasi patriotic language. Kojima that that's a Japanese man that is obsessed with America that much. I know. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's not good. I'm go- I mean, I'm going to finish this one and I'll finish the um, I'll, I'll read it all the way through just so I want to get a full view wow. of it but it's, ri- it's written in a really haphazard way and you can tell the bits I mean obviously I know the story and I know what happens where but you can tell the bits where he is literally just moved into a cutscene <laughs> because those are really detailed and there's a lot of exposition there's a lot of good dialogue it's all been and done for him yeah, exactly <laughs> it's the bits between that are so haphazard like the sequences where um, it tries to tell kind of the story, stories of people like just after the Death Stranding, like when the world's all falling to bits, yeah. and like for the people, like for the older NPCs who would have been alive then before the game, mm. um, and it tries to tell the stories, but they're like a page long in oh. really big, te- big font. And it's like I would actually be interested to see like how people yeah. survive the Death Stranding. Like one of the good things about kind of video game novelizations is they can expand on what's there. Mm. They can insert into the canon. They can, you know, speak to the creators of the game of the property, and kind of like expand stuff. So the game in the game itself, there isn't a lot of stuff given to you about 
what happened during the stranding or during the kind of the, the cataclysm that happened. You get a little bit of it from the Elder and you get a little bit from another couple of NPCs, but not a lot. That would have been a ripe thing to go, this is how people survived, this is what people did. But no, none of that shit. It's oh, yeah. so basic. Is it as Wasted bad as um, yeah, yeah? Is it as bad as Raymond Benson's Metal Gear books? Because they are fucking shite. It's about <laughs> on par, if I'm honest. Oh, there's there's one there's one line I'll never forget where Snolly, Solid Snake rem- removes his snorkel, looks up, sighs, I'm home. What the fuck? That never <laughs> happened. That never happened. Wait, wait. He says he says he's home. What in Shadow Moon? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's bollocks. And this <laughs> this this guy wrote some 007 novels. It's like what the fuck? It just sounds like Good people up. can't get into Kojima's mind at all. No, they can't. I don't. I don't yeah. blame him because imagine could, getting into yeah. that mind. Yeah. But yeah, mo- moving on from Death Stranding, we're gonna go to the big man himself, Biggie. What you been doing? Yeah, I've just been um, tinkering again with um, GTA Five. I know it's like. Uh, well, the game's almost as old as I I am, I think. Yeah. But um, <laughs> what happened was it, it came up in conversation um, with a friend of mine, um, a smaller booty, Dave himself, um, saw me playing it, and he said, had I played the online? And it got me thinking that um, I originally attempted the online when the game was very first released. You mean when it was PS4. shit? Yes. <laughs> when it didn't work. <laughs> yes. So uh, me and my good friend, Nigel, and Flem, uh, we attempted to somehow log into each other's game and it took us pretty much the entire evening and we still couldn't do it. And in the end, we just, yeah, chucked it. But, you know, years down the line, um, they've obviously done a lot of work. It seems to be their bread and butter at the moment. So um, I've been tinkering playing the main game and uh, playing some online. And, yeah, quite enjoying it. It's really easy to join someone's map, you know, whoever's the host, and you end up going off to do heists. It's quite good fun. Really enjoyed that. Um, but the reason I was looking at GTA Five as well was because the PS Five um, has some um, upgraded graphics. It's got the oh. loading times, um, and the loading has considerably improved for really? GTA. And um, God of War also had its uh, release for the upgrade for the PS Five as well. So um, that is beautiful. I mean, it was a good looking game in the first place. Oh, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, that only came out last week with the upgrade. So, um, so it's not an actual PS5 version. It's just the fact that they've done the the backward upgrade so that it runs smoother at 4K and 60 frames per second, etc. Um, and it's looking really good, really lush. Um, so yeah, I've just been tinkering with that really, just uh, carrying on with the story of God of War, really enjoying it. Um, if yeah. if you want an absolutely hellish experience, you should try playing GTA Online on PC because <laughs> that is hacked to fuck. So, yes, I've seen. I, some I great can't play it on. Like yeah. I've tried playing it online, and it's just every time I go, every time I go in, I'll spawn in in my little basic car because I've got no money or anything like that, and I'm just pootling about thinking, oh, I'll, I'll just go, I'll go and do a little crime, you know, just a little bit of crime, just to get some money, and then some fucking arsehole riding on the back of a dragon comes past and lo- nukes me with rockets. I'm just like, <laughs> what even is the point? <laughs> <laughs> I played loads of GTA Five last year. So it's really good online now. So much yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard really good things. Yeah, like you like when I when I originally played it on the back on the 360 when it first came out. Um me and my friend went on and it there was it just felt like there was nothing to do. We you could just, just race up, really. We just ended you? up yeah, chasing each other around and shooting yeah, each other. Shooting each now other. there's just there's just so much random stuff to do, it's great. 
well, back back when it came out on the on the PS3 and 360 generation, the the only online game there was was seeing if you could get into a lobby without it wiping your save data. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate game. Yes. <laughs> it was so poor. I mean, I really don't know how that happened. It's almost like the the cyberpunk of its day, where it seemed to release the game and the main game was there but when you tried to go online it was well the, the online didn't exist at the beginning when that first awful. came out you had, you had the game and then they patched the online mode a few about a month later a month later yeah oh yeah I don't remember yeah but yeah it's, uh, I just remember playing it when it, uh, it came out on the I think it was the PS4 version we had and yeah uh, I'll tell you what's a good job work. that Cyberpunk didn't have an online f- feature <laughs> Jesus <laughs> they didn't yeah, need that imagine? kind of headache imagine that nice. <laughs> speaking of uh, Cyberpunk uh, if you've got nothing else Biggie I will hand it over to our Cyberpunk himself Stig such a Cyberpunk uh, I've still been <laughs> I've been playing more Viking Simulator <laughs> no I just, I've been loving playing more of that again uh, this week in my off off time, um, I didn't talk to you last week about the combat in it either. Like how? Oh yeah, yeah. It's got like it's got a little bit of that Dark Souls Ooh, feel to baby. it. Dodging, parrying, blocking the the bad. The main bosses are like these huge, really difficult bosses that spawn in their own little set arena. Yeah, I'll weird, avoid that then. With little attacks and stuff. Give up. But, uh, you definitely need um, a few of you to take a boss down. Cool. There's cool, no way cool. you can do some of those bosses by yourself. Yeah, I've just been a bit of that. But uh, outside that, I watched um, a film this week called I Care A Lot. Mm. So this was brought actually brought to my attention by uh, Angry Kurt. Um, best boy, him. Best boy, Kurt Lewin. Uh, said he'd watched that and absolutely loved it. It stars Rosamund Pike and uh, Peter Dinklage. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a story about a woman who... Basically, fleeces old people. A trick, working with doctors and care home people, she tricks them into thinking that there's something wrong with them and she tricks the courts into believing that these people need to go into care of the state and she looks after their assets. Shit. She pretends she cares, <clears throat> but she all cares she's doing really is casing these people out and then she sells off their assets, sells off their properties... Oh my god! And, and everything, and the, and in some cases, like right near the beginning, she like bars one of um the son from seeing his mother. What, what um, like a subpoena or something like that? Yeah, like, so basically says that like uh, she needed care, um, and he wasn't providing it to her. So oh she's, my she's god. been handed care of this woman, and she's barred like the son from seeing her, uh, wow. from seeing his mother. And honestly, it was the first twenty minutes. I'm raging watching this film. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that though. Sometimes this I like that emotion. Horrible. Her, uh, a partner in it. Um, she's also, she's a partner at work and a partner at home as well. But they're both of them are just awful women fleecing these these mm. poor unsuspecting like elderly people. And the story basically is she thinks she's found a mark which is going to score big. The ultimate and one. She basically yeah. re- messes with the wrong woman. Wow. Uh, who has connections? Um, to some very horrible bad mob bosses, basically. Ooh! So the story then becomes kind of, it pits a mob boss against this, you know, this woman who's, you know, has no moral, really. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I've I've seen people say things like that they started to root for her 
and stuff. And I just, not one point in that film did I root for her, regardless of the other side <laughs> and how horrible he is. Yeah, I she just was could still not worse. Get behind her one mm. bit. She sounds like a proper bastard. Oh, a lot she, of people. Yeah, uh, she is talking about. Uh, is it Roseman Pike's performance? Roseman Pike. Yeah, oh, she's brilliant. She 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 plays these these type. Thanks. She were good in um, that Bond film. What was yes. that? What was that one? That really uh, bad Bond Bond film. She World is not enough. Thing. She was in that one. Was no, no, no. Tomorrow never dies. Maybe I don't know. One of them. Kurt's screaming at this podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Gadgets on. Gadgets is on. It a Doctor No. No, no. <laughs> Die another day. I think. Yeah, but one... she's she's brilliant yeah. at playing at um, you know, playing those kind. Yeah, she was of in Die Another Day. Sociopaths. She um, in if you see Gone Girl, yeah, yeah, excellent yeah, she, in that. She was, she she's, in and again, she's playing that kind of like stone cold, yeah, gives no fucks kind Black of widow type thing. Yeah, you you don't scare me. I always win. I will always, Ooh. you know, I'll always win regardless. What's this of who film you are. on? What's it streaming on? Uh, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Lovely, lovely. But yeah, it's really definitely worth checking out. She's excellent in it, and it's it's a real. It's a bit of a hoop, really, throughout the whole thing, regardless yeah. of the, the subject matter as well. Like, it's part, like, you know, it's got this drama to it, but it's... A black comedy. It's, yeah, it's got this comedic side to it, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, really good. Really worth checking out. Ooh, I'm just going to write that on my little list. The ever-growing list. <laughs> oh, God, my, my watch list is ridiculous now. Yeah, my watch list is way, way worse than my uh, backlog game list. Mm. <laughs> my watch list is is in the hundreds now. I think mine's is... around five hundred. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but you will wow. watch everything before before you die. I won't. I'll just be like, now nah, pulling that off, yeah, taking people, that off. People just like you'll be talking about some random film, even like from the fifties or sixties, and, and it gets like, put oh, on. This is an amazing film, and love a look. Yeah, it looks all right. So I'll stick it on. Oh well, fair enough. Excellent. Thanks for that. Um, so. Uh, what have I been doing this week? Uh, first, and this only happened, I think, Friday, I've been watching Age of Samurai on Netflix, which is the Battle for Japan. The It's basically a documentary uh, discussing the 1500s um, uh, Sengoku period of Japan, uh, Odo Nobunaga, those, those type warlords, daimyos right. as they're called. Um, I've only watched like so like, many video games being based on. Yeah, it. yeah. I've only watched two episodes of it. It's like a, it's like a docudrama. Like they've got talking heads in between, really well acted, like um, battles and uh, just just day to day life of these absolute bastards <laughs> <laughs> of the fifteen hundreds, and it's dead interesting. But that's not the main thing I want to talk about. I just want to make sure I, would, I just want people not to sleep on that because it's it's. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's already on my list. It's really good. Um, but the main thing, um, I've experienced trauma <laughs> this weekend <laughs> in front of tens of people. Tens, literally tens. <laughs> I think it was ten. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was streaming. I'm back to streaming, and I was streaming um, uh, Bioshock. Um, what year was that game? 2007. Seven, yeah. A uh, very well-known game. For some reason, I just avoided the whole series up until last year. And I'm back to it. And something happened. Uh, now, I'm sure there will be spoiler warnings all over this little section. I'm, 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 I'm getting the klaxon out as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
yes, as you might expect, there are full spoilers for the story of Bioshock here. If you want to play the game, and I recommend you go into that game spoiler-free, skip ahead to 33 minutes and 40 seconds. But I'm about two-thirds of the way through, and I've never had a game give me this much of a twist twang in my heart and my brain as much as what happened to me last night. Now, as an expert of the game, Gadget, can you just explain to people what happened to me in a more detailed form? Okay. It killed me. So, so the, the general run of the game is you arrive in Rapture. Uh, Andrew Ryan is presented as your antagonist. He's this kind of um, grandiose man who runs Rapture and he won't allow anyone to steal his city from him. The city's already ruined, but no one will steal the city. You are contacted as you arrive in Rapture by a man called Atlas, rather a, a rather genial Irishman. I can't even guiding, hear his name, mate. <laughs> who is guiding you through the trials and tribulations of the city. Mm-hmm. And through one betrayal and another and meeting several psychopaths, you end up in Ryan's domain. Before you drop into his office, though, you are presented with a room mm. with one of those, you know, Serial killer, psycho, conspiracy kind of things. Yeah. Boards with string all over the place and pictures. And the words, would you kindly... Oh, God. <laughs> daubed on it in red writing. <sighs> and when you meet Ryan, he asks you a, ver- a very specific... Uh, no, he tells you a very specific thing. Yes. And what is it, Oodles? He says something about slaves and masters. And then he says... A, a, would- a, man, a man chooses yeah. a slave obeys. Yeah, and then he said, would, would you kindly... Kill me with, <laughs> yes. with this fucking and it, it, golf it club. Is, it, it is revealed that <sighs> Atlas has been manipulating you. You are a creature not born naturally. No. Who has been mentally conditioned over yeah. your entire life to respond to the trigger phrase, would you kindly? <gasps> and, you the, and the perfect moment in this stream was when Andrew Ryan says that and you get a flashback of every time Atlas says, Would you kindly? Would you kindly? Yeah. Would you kindly go here? Would you kindly do that? Would you kindly kill Andrew Ryan? And the look on Oodle's face was priceless because (laughs) up to that point, the mystery's kind of, he knows there's something wrong and you can see the cogs working. And then at that flashback, they all kick into gear and he loses his shit. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because when you saw the board, I went back and watched it, when you saw the board, you're like, Would you kindly? Yeah, and you can see Some something. Something's got something's working there. Like, would you kindly? And you're thinking, and I can see you trying to work something out. And and it's the same. I had the same experience. You just I like you like fuck me. I, so did I I did never, never once picked up on that phrase. No, at all. I just thought you it was just a little Irish thing. Yeah, and in fact, can I just say that if Oodles has made it this far without that being spoiled, because it is such a famous spoiler. It's pretty impressive that a yeah. lot of people know it. A lot of people could have ruined it. But I think those that do respect that game do their best really not to spoil it as far as I'm aware. Yeah, no, one, no one's ever Discord told me. could have said something. I mean, since I started streaming, a, a few people have been saying, don't read this article because they know I'm playing this game. Yeah. So I've, I, But up to this, since 2007, any time, because I just thought Bioshock was some just first-person shooter. No substance to it. Looked pretty at the time, and that was it. I didn't even know you had powers in it. Yeah. That, that's the thing. And um, then when I came to it, I've never, like when anyone talks about it, I've just gone, I'm not listening, or 
I'm not watching that video or I'm not in because it's not my thing. Do you know what I mean? If like let's say Kane and Rince did an episode of it, I wouldn't have listened to it because I don't listen to things I'm not I've not played or invested in. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, I just managed to get to the. It stunned me, and I've never felt that in a long time. I mean, the closest feeling I got it, it was to Metal Gear Solid Two when. Um, when the colonel says, Snake, can you hear me? And it's not David Hayter's voice that replies, yeah. loud and clear. Because <laughs> that's how yeah. we talk. Loud and clear, boss. And it's, and it's Raiden instead of Snake. That was one of the first gaming moments that made me think, fuck. Do you know what I mean? That really shook yeah. me. But this, this is a whole no, another level. That hashtag from Gadget was Bioshook. Right. I did like Bioshook. Bioshook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I just felt betrayed. I felt like... Do you know what? Honestly, when it was happening, I felt you were all in on it, and you were all tricking me, and you were all like, you all were basically saying, "Would you kindly play this game?" Do you know what I mean? You I were... mean, to be fair, I, I have since you started playing that game, I have dropped "Would you kindly"s to you since the start. Have you? I have. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Betrayed god! Betrayed twice, Oodles. <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 I've done that just because I know you're playing the game, and I know you. I've been pushing you to get to that point, but I've been, just, you know, oh, Oodles, would, uh, would you kindly upload that episode? Or, you know, that kind oh, of thing. Oh, you bastard! Man, I missed that as you well. I'll have to go back and look at that. <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't help myself because the thing is, like, like when when you were streaming that, like I was text. Uh, Candy Machine was watching at the same time, and I was texting with her, and she was like. Like as you were working your way through her festus, I'm like, oh, God, he's nearly there. He's like, I, I, I need to say something. I, I, can't, I need to hold back. What if I didn't like, like I was saying? What if I did just pause again? That's it for tonight, guys. I'm gonna pause it before I'm gonna save the game before I, I go. I would have driven a hundred and something miles and beaten you. Well, back you you stopped me from stopping last time, didn't you? Because I was I just did. I was at a corridor before a massive moment, and you went. Yeah. I, I, you might have said, "Would you kindly just carry on for a little bit?" I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you I, did. I said, I said, would you kindly play for like five more minutes? You bastard, and it worked. And you've all betrayed me, and I feel betrayed. <laughs> no, Atlas betrayed you. Oh, all the way from, I bet you were pissing yourself. All the way from, like, yeah, you're my boy. What? I love this yes. guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the, yeah, this is all the way leading up into that. Like, he's going through, he's like, I'm going to kill Andrew Ryan. Me and Atlas, we're going to get out of here. Best buds. We're going to get the kids. Me and Atlas forever. <laughs> Going oh. to avenge Atlas's family. Oh God! I just got absolutely <laughs> distracted. I like went downstairs to to my wife, and I was like, "I've just been betrayed." And she went, "What have they done?" As in, one of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what have nice. they done? I'm like, no, no, not them. Um, on a game, and she's like, "Oh, grow up." <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's just one of those moments. Is it's huge. Man. It's just it's fe- huge. affected everyone the same way, isn't it? Like, yeah. like, like uh, Biggie said there. Sorry that. It's fourteen years and people still respect the spoilers on it. Yeah, yeah. No one's. Yeah, I've had strange people pop in and nobody spoiled it. Yeah, this, this, the story is that well respected and that twist is so respected. Like mm. it's, it's commonly referred to. Like you, you've probably seen like a thousand memes involving it, or like references in people's YouTube videos or stuff like that. But because it is such a subtle thing, like if you go back and you start the game again, yeah, you will notice every single time Atlas says it because he says it so much. Right. But because he says it so much, and the way the the voice actor has kind of integrated it into the dialogue, mm. it it comes across as as you said, it's just a quirk of his speech. Yeah, it's like yeah, me yeah. being a Geordie and saying like at the end end, end of yeah. every sentence or I Absolutely. instead of yes you know it's like it's one of those things so you don't question it when it first happens and my and to be fair my favourite moment is just after that when you're in Tenenbaum's um, yeah. uh, orphanage thing and Fontaine after he's revealed himself yeah. to, uh, Atlas has revealed which I've heard his Fontaine. name I've heard his name going into it yeah because you, yeah, you go to Fontaine Fisheries yeah and exactly and 
it's one of those rare situations where you go into an, an area named after a character and you don't meet the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't and that's something that, it. again, doesn't twig onto you until later. Wow. But, for, for, but Fontaine, my favorite, one of my favorite things is Fontaine says, would, was it, would you kindly get stepped on by a big daddy? Yeah. And you obviously still have control. He's like, oh, so he's just broken it then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. As I was twisting like, that uh, valve. <laughs> It's yeah. fucked up, man. I, I love it, and I've got a, I've got a, more of the game to play, and I, I, I see the obsession, Gadget. I really do. Yeah, because my office is dedicated to Bioshock. I was I was thinking last night. I'm, I was like, when I were in bed, I'm like, why the fuck are they pissing about with Monster Hunter movies and stuff when there's an actual beautiful world that could be a movie or a series there waiting. They they tried to make it into a movie. They had Gore Verbinski on to direct it. Really? Who did Pirates of the Caribbean? I just imagine it being very expensive. It it kind of suffered in development hell for about thirteen years and got cancelled about three years ago. Yeah, it's it's oh, well, it would be like eleven years or something. Such but yeah, was... such a vast, beautiful story in general. Like it could be anything. Like my character hasn't spoken once, but I still feel like attached. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so it's so odd, and I only just realised yesterday that he's got a cardigan on. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to respect it. And and, and did did you not notice his um, his tattoo of chains? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, and it all makes sense. It's such a good game. Anyway, we could talk about that for, and um, maybe we'll do Bioshock spoiler specials in the future because I know Gadget could talk for three hours about that. Oh yes, absolutely. So what are you doing now? Are you going to go with three now instead of two? Well, I've still got I've still got one to do. Uh, I, I, like I say, I'm two thirds of the way so, through. Yeah, he's still got the last. Third I think to I do. can power through. Maybe maybe in two streams, and then I'm going to jump to three, and then I'm going to go back to two, and I'm going to do it like that, and then I need to find something else. <laughs> but yeah, um, let's Would you kindly go on to the next section. Oh, ho, ho. what is the next section about then, Biggie? <laughs> Trashy TV. Oh God, I'm so excited for this. We all love some form of it, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this week we're going to be talking about those really crappy TV shows. The ones you know that are rubbish, but are still sick glued watching it. Or even the ones you're slightly too embarrassed to admit liking. <laughs> yes. Now, um, a lot of people have filters, unlike myself, and none of my picks embarrass me at all, but they are trash. But we're going to start with Mr. Movies and TV himself, Stig. Because we're all eagerly anticipated what he finds embarrassing. The man that openly admits to loving Avril Lavigne. <laughs> you leave I'll have to find alone. that song clip. <laughs> um, well, this doesn't embarrass me. Um, I've always—I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast before all the time. Actually, it's pro wrestling is—it's pure trash television. Isn't it really it? is. Think about it. It's the epitome yeah. of trash. Yeah, but I just—I just can't stop watching it. Really, um, <laughs> all your life. <laughs> I've watched it all my life. I, I've only had one little brief moment where I didn't watch it, and that's because I moved out of my parents' house and didn't have anything Sky. to watch it on. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally the only reason. But Bless I still, you, you know, I'd, I'd watch the, you know, the main, the big ones like Raw Rumble and yeah. WrestleMania, and I'd still find time to watch that, and I'd, I'd kind of keep up with what was going on, but I just didn't watch it. I don't watch the weekly shows as much now. Like I said, I kind of. I listen to podcasts talking. Yeah, about you get it. all the you get all the. I watch YouTube. From that. Um, I mean, I don't have time to watch three hours of Raw every week. Nobody does. It, no, because it's terrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, some of the some of the storylines are absolute pure 
Oh, just just the some epitome of, them? of trash. <laughs> no, I, you know, I admit some of them are actually quite gripping and, and quite good. Like there's some storylines that will really pull you in. There's been a few in this last year that have been really good, like tales of family feuds and you know long long friendships and things. It's pure mm. soap opera stuff. Mm. But then you will get ones that are just like absolutely awful, like like, one of the tri- like Triple H um, forcing Stephanie McMahon to marry him. Yeah, yeah, things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not, that's, that wasn't a good one, was it? No. <laughs> Even though they are married in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they did, and they did uh, get together in storyline after that as well. It's anyway. absolutely consensual. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to the point where good that we have to have that disclaimer out there. Yeah, to the point where in that section, like the woman's like they're in the car, and she says, "Do you, Stephanie, take Triple H to be your husband?" And he leans over. Stephanie's just like, "Oh." Yes, I do. Yeah, he does. And then <laughs> leads back to the. <laughs> Isn't it like a drive-through? Uh... It's a drive-through wedding yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> so bad. That was a well, nice. It's just like trash on top of trash. Different oh, time, isn't yeah, it? but outside of that, some of the wrestling is brilliant. Oh, yeah, you have to be. Most of these guys are extremely talented and tough as nails. Oh, pure athletes to, to go through what they do and put on the shows they do and. Um, that's what draws me in more these days. Um, mm. It's the it's the wrestling side, and um, there's a lot of different options out there now. Uh, there the was so, so long you only had like unless you were into the Japanese scene and indies, like just America. WWE was like the main one, and it was just like you were kind of just stuck with what they put out. Yeah. And once they had no competition, they just stopped caring. Yeah, they could, yeah. There yeah. was nothing pushing them to do anything like cookie cutter stuff. Just yeah, crap, crap, crap. It's a lot of the same stuff over and over again. But yeah, I just pro wrestling as garbage as it is at times, and as hokey <laughs> and as soap opera as it is, and it's going to take a lot of beating to be trashier than that. To be fair, mate. Oh God knows, there's plenty of stuff out there. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I, but, I will say after you after you brought it up on a previous episode. Like I fell down. I think it was a YouTube rabbit holes one. Um, I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole of just the random wrestling moments after, because I found that sound clip for the episode of oh, yeah, um, yeah, Vince I mean, McMahon in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, 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 where Steve Austin comes in as the doctor. That is good though. That's and, not a bad moment. That's a good moment. No, that's no, that's not a bad moment. That's a great moment. And I just like those, like the non, like I've struggled with wrestling and I always have. It's one of those things that's been in the background of of my life, but I've never really engaged with it. Yeah. But those kind of off-screen drama skits where someone gets beat up. Are hilarious! Oh god, they're so good. Yeah. Like, I don't care about what happens in the ring. I, that, that stuff doesn't really bother me unless it's <laughs> yeah. the Undertaker throwing mankind off a hell in a cell. Oh, hey, um, as God is my witness, he's broken in half. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I really like the stupid in between bits. Like, uh, I th- was it someone tries to kill Sto- uh, Stone Cold with a car or something like that? Yeah, and yeah. yeah. over in the car park <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they wrote him off when he had a real life injury. They had like, yeah, yeah, yeah someone. I like how they're all the they're all fully trained forklift drivers as well. <laughs> yeah, it's not like driving a car. That thing, I'm telling it has you now. To be on your CV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you know how ridiculous wrestling is? Um, at one point in the nineties in WCW, they had a monster truck match. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they Which did. Is Hulk Hogan oh versus the Big Show. Hollywood, on yeah. Top of, on, top of the, on top of the arena roof, like a flat roof it was, they had monster trucks and they were ramming into each other with monster trucks. And then they brought the monster Fucking truck amazing. toys out as well because I had the, yeah. the Hulk Hogan toy. Oh, I mean, wow. WCW was oh, the, the epitome of like, especially near the end. Oh, That's the why they went out of business in the end. But yeah, like 
was just pure trash. Things like David Arquette winning your world title. Yeah, and stupid stuff. Like that. It's just like, no wonder you went out of business when you're doing things like that. But uh, yeah, I, I could chat for forever on wrestling and, and oh yeah, but we'll move on <laughs> uh, for now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll swiftly move on to my first pick for Trash TV. And this is a program that coincides with my um, break at work, um, going to the canteen, and I watch something daily, and it's become firmly one of my favourite shows now. It's trashy as fuck. It's got... It, it, it's so trite in its ability to be a game show that you can, you can, you can tell who's going to win from the beginning. You can spot all the, all the tells and stuff. And it's called Tipping Point with Ben Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you don't know what Tipping Point is, remember the two pence machines at the arcade? I hate this show so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that, basically, with a bit... With... <laughs> I hate this. This is the worst quiz show ever invented. It's barely a quiz show, mate. I, I literally, I have, I have watched that show and got every single question right. That's how much of a quiz show it is. It's crap. <laughs> uh, and... You, you, it's every, every oh god, it's so bad. Every episode, you've got an old man slash old woman, an attractive woman, an attractive boy, and then some absolute nerd that knows all the answers. And every single episode, you, if anyone watches that show after this, and you know who's going to win every single time, I'm not win, but get to the final, and you can tell if they're going to win the jackpot because if it's too much, they just won't allow them to win it. <laughs> it's that simple. You will not be able to win it. But if it's a little bit, a couple of grand, yeah, you could win. Um, ben Shepard's trying his best. Ben Shepard. Oh, tr- wow. I mean, <laughs> I think now he's just given up. But before, <laughs> yeah. he tried his hardest to make it so suspenseful <laughs> when that pretend 2p goes down the chute <laughs> and lands, and he's like, Whoa. Oh, it's a rider. It's a rider. Oh, oh God, I've, I've just, just, I've just done a Google so image bad. search. It is literally those two P machines. Yes, it is. yes. It and is. To, to get to get some tokens to play it, you have to answer some questions. Questions like name the first man who stepped on the moon, and people go, oh, oh, um, oh, Buzz Aldrin. No, that's wrong. You know that that kind of thing. Um, it's just proper crap, but I love it. And I've always said I like Ben Shepherd, but I prefer him on a morning. A morning TV. <laughs> that's his. That's his prime. <laughs> but it's it's uh, the newer episodes now. They're um, obviously socially distant, aware and stuff like that. And they've spaced. <laughs> Gadget, you'd hate this because they've spaced them out so much you can't hear some of the contestants. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ben. I'd like to drop zone five, please. That kind of thing. It's... Are they not individually mic'd? Actually, hang on, I'm looking at a screenshot. They're not. No, it's so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. And you can tell it's like in the ITV studios, it's probably one of the B-tier studios and they just put them in this room with this machine. And oh, if you've ever... Do you remember Harry Hill's TV burp? Yeah. yeah. He did an episode where we were talking about uh, Tipping Point and you can see the hand sometimes dropping the coins in <laughs> and see the fingers because at first I thought is this a machine a sophisticated machine no 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 they press a button and a hand drops it <laughs> that, that must have just been 
bottom of the barrel like they were lit, late nights like one o'clock Mate, in the morning it's been on like, for seven need, years like, oh, now we need to fill this slot what can we do yeah. and someone just goes come up with that idea this is the machine. seventh year <laughs> I just uh, part of this thing because I'm fascinated now by the screenshots and while you're talking I'm kind of googling around <laughs> just found this article from like a couple a couple of days ago on, on a new site um and it's talking about so there is a mystery token. Yes, there is, is like a mystery a token. Yes, and it's like with special price. This, this guy manages to get it. It says just eleven minutes into the show, contestant Ben catapulted into the lead after answering one of the questions correctly. <laughs> he backed a whopping eight hundred and fifty pound, but also managed <laughs> to tip over the mystery prize coin they were all so desperate for. Yeah, but the gift wasn't what anyone was expecting. A bouquet of fresh flowers delivered to their door every month for a year. Yeah, during wow. the pandemic. <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what. <laughs> British British um, prizes shit, on the shows they're so shit if you watch America like it's like uh, deal or no deal in America it's just like you win something like a million dollars yeah a million dollars yeah yeah you win a planet or something and on Britain yeah. it's 250 isn't it I mean 250 grand is 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 still a lot of money yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong but like in America they just everything is just so much bigger and when you come they do the same show in England at uh, Britain and they're just like <laughs> Yeah, here's it. some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> For a year, though, every month, come on. I know that's a grand total of like a hundred pounds worth of stuff. And and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> see how big the book is. <laughs> I've got hay fever. I'm gonna leave tipping point on the floor and said, but it ends every single time. Do you know what? Oh god, it's so good. It's like remember Bullseye, which is a good show. Bullseye is a good show. A good debatable, no- but yeah, a good northern show. But at the end of every episode of Bullseye, they used to say. Well, we've had a lovely day, but we're going to gamble. That kind of thing. And on tipping point, even if you voted out first, I'm sure they're forced to say this at gunpoint. Even if you literally you've been on the show for five minutes, they go, we've had a lovely day, Ben. Thanks. Like, no, we haven't had a lovely day. I've booked a day off work to try and win (laughs) tipping point. I've lost money. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you probably spent more money traveling. But I have, I I do have an announcement to make. Um, So I've told a few people this, but I have applied to be on tipping point. And I've got a screenshot to show people that I've made it through the preliminaries. Amazing. And in September, all things considered, I might be on tipping point. But apparently, if you're on tipping point, you need to wear a modern escapism t-shirt. Oh, I will. Yeah, I was going to say. Your episode doesn't come on for another year, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because I've filmed so many of them. Yeah, uh, one of my ex-work colleagues was on on um, deal or no deal. Yeah, and he said like it just it takes ages before you. And then you have to sign sign a non-disclosure agreement to tell him if you've won or lost. I'm like, nah. If I lose, mate, I'm telling him. I've lost. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got through the prelim- preliminaries. I think they had to make sure I weren't a psychopath. I don't know how I passed that one, to be yeah. fair. But yeah, um, catch me on Tipping Point in 2022. Where do you have to so go? If, if you get through, where do you have to go? Like, it's London. London ITV Studios. London, yeah. I think the ITV Studios is where the BBC Studios used to be. Yeah. You know, the famous one. Mm. Television well, Centre. Yeah, Television Centre, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna, I, and I'm going to say, I've had a lovely day, Ben. <laughs> I'm definitely wearing a modern escapism t-shirt. You're like, have you had a lovely day, Kenny? No. No, I no. no, that's not the line. It's been Take shit. It again. It's been shit. Oh, I hope you win the mystery coin. Oh, maybe I'll even force him to call me Oodles as well. No, I don't, I don't think I'll get away with that. I don't think I'll get away with that one at all. But yeah, um, Biggie, you go. Do the X Files count? Oh. No. 
No, 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 no. I see your point because some episodes absolutely <laughs> oh. count as trash. I'm just very, very, very quickly going to mention it because I watched this obviously when it first came out. Yes. And I, it's just turned up on Star. I think it might be on one of the other streaming. It was, it was, on, Prime well. it was on Prime for a while, yeah. But for some reason, I just clicked on it, and I'm about four or five episodes into it already. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a few clangers in them first five. And I love the <laughs> dynamic already between Mulder and Scully because quite clearly from the off, there's extraterrestrial evidence, <laughs> and she's continuously going, "No, let's look at other angles." And yeah. he's like, "Hello." It's just, yeah, it's just <laughs> really bad already. I can't believe this went on for seven or eight seasons. You're going to lose some fans here, Biggie. Seasons. It does it's get darker, just... mate. It does get darker. Oh, yeah. After, after a while, even Scully believes. <laughs> I mean, Dan, in the first season, Dana Scully's hair is a work of art. Oh, God. It is. Yes, Do you know what? On, on, series, on series one, their sexual chemistry. Oh. Yes, there is. <laughs> Off the hook. Uh... And then it stops a bit. And then, spoiler alert, it gets even more sexual. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love I love X-Files, but it is kind of trashy. It's, it's, it's on par with me for, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Really trashy, but oh, so enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, do you know what, I'm enjoying watching it, and yeah, there's obviously some dodgy CGI and whatever, and already, but um, I like yeah, I like it, season one. Just, I think uh, season one's strong. I'm enjoying it so far. Mm. You've got, yeah, you've got mean, that first Victor Tombs episode, which yeah. is one of the best yes, things ever. Come I out just watched that the other day. Yeah, I love um, it. It's really good. But I, I mean, I, I actually, I'm going to be honest here. I found this quite a difficult um, topic for me because since I came off the cruise ships, um, I watched national tv for probably a couple of years yeah um and then i just dropped off and ended up watching netflix and i don't really watch a lot of trashy tv but when i did mm. i was fully involved in i'm a celebrity get me out of here and the x factor you see i'm a celebrity is one show i have absolutely never ever watched me and people say why do you watch it and i'm like yeah because it usually coincides with uh supper time and i'm not watching someone eating Camel testicles <laughs> while I'm tucking into my food. No, <laughs> that's something I'm into. Happily proven wrong, but from what I remember when it first came out, I actually got the impression that the celebrities that they had on, who were quite, you know, Peter Andre, sort of <laughs> a listish compared to what they have now, shall A-list. we say? Yeah, but they actually were trying to be genuine, mm. and I think once people realised they got a career out of it, um, they got more recognition if they played characters of yeah. themselves. Yeah. I think it drastically went downhill. Yeah. But I still think one of my favourite episodes ever, and if you've not seen this, you must watch this on YouTube, because I'm going to try and set the scene. Go for it. <laughs> so there was one particular series, which I think was maybe series two, and they announced all the celebrities that were going to arrive um, to the show. And it's either the first or second episode. I can't remember quite how it happened. But there was one particular guest that decided to pull out last minute. Mm. Wasn't interested. Cancelled their plan. So they're like, oh my God, what do we do? Because it's a live show for those that don't realise it when it's actually oh, is it? um, first shown. It's live in Australia. Oh, fuck. So they were like, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So they decided to get the... Um, <laughs> so on hold, they had Dean Gaffney, <laughs> who was from EastEnders, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he was on hold. So they basically called him up and said, "Right, we need you." I bet, I, I, I bet, I, I bet the phone call went, "Dean, are you, are you busy?" No. 
<laughs> Basically. So they literally flew him from wherever he lives straight all the way, you know, like almost like a direct journey straight over to Australia. They chucked him out of a helicopter. What? So he pretty much parachuted in <laughs> to the base. Is it actually a real jungle? I thought it was like a studio. <laughs> no, 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 it yeah. is a real jungle. It's a, it's a proper fuck. set. So they, they drop him in it right down to where the base camp is. You've got Ant and Deck, who are obviously quite refreshed. So this guy's just had this journey from hell from the UK to Australia. <laughs> 12 hours. Literally, abseils <laughs> jumps out of a helicopter, lands <laughs> into the jungle, and they're like, right, you're doing a trial. And he's like, what? what's going on you can see the guy is just completely blown away he has no idea where he is even who he is <laughs> and then they get him to then start doing this trial which involves eating every kind of animal you can think oh. of but it's like he's in a hair salon so one of them is he's got this hair dryer thing on but it's full of animals oh. like insects all going around him he's eating body parts and he's doing each trial one after the other, after the other, after the other. So he's completely jet lagged. He's in shock. He's probably hungry. Lad. He's taking all these things. He starts <laughs> throwing up. Oh no! He looks like he's having a panic attack. And then they're still trying to interview him. Like, how are you doing, Dean? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then <laughs> just got to have work. Anton Deck just lose it at one point. They're just cracking up. They just can't believe that Dean is doing this. Dean's trying his absolute hardest, like his best acting. But Anton Deck are loving it. We're getting paid a million pounds a series. Just if you find that clip on YouTube, it is just incredible television. And when I saw that live, I was literally holding my sides with tears down my eyes. I was laughing so hard. It was just brilliant. You've, just that guy must have had that journey. You've just reminded me of a, a very, very vivid memory in my life. Um, <laughs> in a nightclub in Pontefract once, um, I remember when I was quite, I was oh, twenty-one, twenty-two, and someone came up to me and went, "We've got to go to, the, we've got to go to Kiko's, which was the nightclub at the time." Why? Why? We've got a special guest DJ. It's Dean Gaffney. You <laughs> 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 just reminded me of that, and we went, and he was shit. I've just yeah. remembered from that clip, Biggie. He make doesn't he make like a really weird noise, like yeah. He, he makes just, some, so he much makes going some, on with him. He makes some really weird, like gurgly, strange noise. I probably I would. They used to play it on the radio. Like I think it was Chris Miles <laughs> used to like play clips of it on the radio. Am I going to have to go and find television. the sound? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm remembering yeah. right, if I'm remembering I'm right, sure it's him right. That it, was it just... makes he makes it's just really. It's his eyes that keep noise. obviously. Focusing in on Dean, like see how he's getting on, and he just looks. His eyes are always coming out of his head. He just can't understand what is going on, I and they're still trying to. Deep down, I think we need to get Dean Gaffney on this podcast. Uh, we know he listens. He'd do, he'll, he'll, he'll probably do it as well. I'd love do to. You know what it is about? I'm a celebrity. I, I, some of the eating challenges, I think I'd be okay with. Maybe not the the kangaroo balls and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But the one thing I couldn't do is, you know, when they put you inside a tomb and they drop like insects or snakes or stuff on. I think I could do them, but rats. Oh, no, I'm not a fan of rats. No, they they put like people and they just drop like all these rats in with you. And I'm like, rats are known to eat through humans to get out. (laughs) Why? How? I couldn't do that at all. That would freak me out. But yeah, I I think the, as the years went on, I think the show personally has gone downhill and I haven't watched it obviously for quite some time. It's probably because they're running out of ideas like, oh, on this challenge, you're going to get inside a kangaroo's pouch for a week. Do you know what I mean? What challenge are yeah. they going to do for people? It's ridiculous. But I mean, again, to be, I think to be it fair, was like... They've, um, just, they've just had their 20th season of it. Fucking hell. Yeah, it, it's Jeez. incredible it's still going. But I've never it's watched like any. the X Factor for me as well. It, it was exactly the same. I like the X Factor, but I like the bad 
X Factor moments, not the good ones. Mm. I stop watching yeah, it I, when the live shows happen. But again, I think for me, the whole idea, because the whole concept to me, I know I appreciate, especially now when I wasn't so naive, that it's obviously all about making money. But originally, it just felt like they were genuinely looking for somebody to try and give them some that, raw talent, that raw talent, that chance in life. But I think when it got to the stage, when you had things like Jedna and Wagner making <laughs> it through. And outvoting Wagner, the actual. <laughs> what do you mean, had... Wagner? The, no, there was the a composer. Guy Wagner <laughs> no, 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 Wagner. no, no. <laughs> the reanimated Wagner in Park. Come on, <laughs> yeah. get on with it. He's got <laughs> talent, but we're not putting him through. Old <laughs> <laughs> German bloke that kind of looked like he wanted to be a Yingwei Malmsteen cosplayer. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, he, he, no he could, couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, but because he was he was stupid and entertaining, they kept him on for a while. Bear baiting, mm. then, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. They obviously did the sort of the tweaking on the voting, whatever, to make people the public vote for him. When actually got somebody talented that didn't make it through because of him. Oh, that's a shame. And and that's when I used to just just wound up by the show. Like it's just the producers telling them what to do half the time. Is it true with the X Factor where they they know who's going to win before it even happens? Like they've got the plant people in. Like I don't know. I don't know. But surprise me. Do you know that? You know the the auditions that we see yeah, like the yeah. silly ones or the good ones yeah. you have to go for about two or three different auditions before that before you even get on there like me on so Tipping all those, Point so all those people <laughs> that go on who are awful yeah have been told that they're good twice or three times already <gasps> yeah go put them through put them through and they're put through just to be laughed at it's that's not just, nice it isn't it's yeah. just when you think when I found that out about it I was just like wow that's that. That's just yeah, I, I, awful. Yeah, that. I, I had a friend who went to be, went to one of the kind of the live audition tapings yeah. when it hit Newcastle. It was at St James's Park or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, you go through and you've got like two banks of producers that you get through. Wow. Who determine wh- whether you get to audition if you're TV in front of worthy, basically. Yeah, yeah, whether you whether you get to audition in front of the celebrity judges kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, the one thing that's just, I mean, there's a lot that annoys me about X Factor from con- from concept to execution. But the main thing that kind of annoys me is like I. I Watched the first couple of seasons of it. I kind of got. Dra- I let I myself get dragged into did, them, didn't I? and they yeah, were exactly. entertaining enough. And you know, there were some decent singers on there. Yeah, but when you get to kind of like beyond that, they realise, oh, oh, the viewers kind of latch onto the sob stories. Let's put everyone through. That's got a yes. fucking yeah. sob story. Yeah, my dog died and, last week, and my yeah, dog really loved Cher, so I'm going to sing "Believe" by Cher. Yeah, you know, when the the production kind of focuses on one person, they get like a little talking head interview and the sad piano starts in the background. Yeah, yeah. I'm all all alone because I I walked here and I didn't know where I was going. And my dad died when I was a bairn. Yeah. And my mum died when I was a little bit And then they're singing the brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) You're bringing a tear to me now. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. Getting emotional in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll and move on from X Factor then. Gadget, what's some of yours? Um, ooh, okay. Well, I mean, the first one I've got to bring up, Oodles, is, is close to home for you. Mm-hmm. Literally, they film outside your street. It's police interceptors. Oh, they're there now. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking lo- I love these Rain on crap, the low budget poli- <laughs> police kind of yes. documentary things. The, the Especially dash when it's cam like the road, dash cam ones, road traffic cops, all these kind of things. They're stupid. They they usually have the worst writing in the world. Oh, There's, God, they, yeah. they're, they're always narrated by some washed up blue Peter presenter. Yeah, Jamie <laughs> Theakston does them. Richard Bacon does them all. I'm sure there's been. been I'm sure Andy Peters did one at one point. Like, it's, <laughs> hey, he's it's British all, royalty, that man. I, I yes, know he is. I'm not you watch what you're it. saying, mate. <laughs> we haven't had Philip Schofield yet, but no, maybe Gordon the Gopher will do one at some point. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I love them. That they're obviously just really low budget. You know, they send a camera crew out with a couple of in the back of a police car and just see what shit happens. And I think they're funny as fuck. I love it. They're just they're really stupid. I mean, like I, when I go on YouTube anyway, I like watching like dash cam stuff anyway. Um, like I don't know why I just find that stuff fascinating, like seeing car chases and that kind of thing. It's really proper low rent telly. It's um, real life in it. That's why. It's like kind of fucked, is it? But <laughs> it's it it is it's just these chases. It's like it's it's almost that kind of that judgmental side to us, you know, like when 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 they're going on this and you see some fucking chav blasting blasting a tricked up golf through a, a little village at eighty miles an hour, and you're like, oh, he shouldn't be doing that. Get the police after him! And, oh look, there's the police after him now. And it's like <laughs> it's really 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 stupid telly to watch, but I I love it, and I will sit and I will binge watch them all day every day. Like there's like eighteen seasons of Police Interceptors on um, YouTube yeah. that I'm just working through, and like the last three seasons have all been in West Yorkshire, so I'm I'm, I'm waiting. There's been a couple where they've driven through Pontefract. I'm waiting for Oodles to guest on it. <laughs> and it looks like the civilians have taken the law into their own hands. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that, kind of, that kind of narration as it's well. Pin the man to the ground. Oh, it's famous podcaster Oodles. Yeah. He's screaming. Oh, he's crying. We've got him. Behind bars. The best thing as well is like you see when you see these people when they've been caught and they're like trying to act hard. Oh god, yeah. Oh, oh mate, I haven't fucking done anything. Like, we've just pulled you out of a car that you crashed at ninety miles an hour in a village. There's <laughs> <laughs> only one of you in the car. No, yeah. Me. Oh yeah, it's, it's so uh, good. yeah. And when they get to do like stuff like dawn raids, like there was one I was watching the other day where they do like a dawn raid on some some of these lads that are like dealing drugs, like mm. obscene amount of drugs from the house, and. Um, the the burst the burst in because the lads left the front door open, so they didn't even have to knock the door down. They just walk straight in, scream police, 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 and all that kind of thing. This lads fight oh, back. It's open. Yeah, this lads fight back. Going, oh, I'm fucking doing anything. I'm fucking doing anything. It's just like, okay, well, there's a machete. There's a gun. Yeah. He has a he has a bin bag full of heroin. <laughs> Massive poster of a pot leaf on the side. Yeah. In but the but the best part of that was once they've, once they've got him in the cuffs and all that and they kind of leading him out. His mom's downstairs. Yeah. Mom's, you need to sort your act out. I don't want to come visit you in prison. I'm sorry, mum. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just like, he needs it's, locking up. He deserves it. Yeah. Click around it's, here. I love it's it. Fucking, oh, the, the the ones where you get some knacker that's been caught, mm. and it's the it's one of the. Um, uh, female police officers yes. that's caught them and they start trying to be Larry or trying to be like smarmy or like yeah. try to flirt with them and all that and they just push their head yeah, into the ground and shut up <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh it's so fucking good. brilliant it's terrible TV it's practically kind of poverty porn at times just fr- because of some of the places that hang around to do as well there's barely any editing yeah. to it there's, there's, there's no editing to it and literally all they're doing is sticking a camera a, ca- a guy with a camera in the back of a car yes and that's it <laughs> yes absolutely the thing is as well when 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 they catch them when they crash these cars and they they're full of the lads are full of adrenaline and they leap out these these chavs and they're leaping over fences like where do they get that kind of energy from like I couldn't be speed. a criminal because I'm too fucking they're all lazy on speed man <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is they're all off their heads they can jump over fences like like locust <laughs> straight the, over but the other ones are, the, the, the other ones I want to bring up are yep. two one's a competition one and one's a documentary one ooh. The competition one, it's on Netflix. I would implore everybody to go watch it. Okay. It's called Blown Away. Oh, and okay. it's one of these... Is it it's rude? One of these... No, <laughs> but there is lots of rude innuendo in it. Nice. 
it's one of these uh, a little bit like kind of like Bake Off, where it's 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 a it's a it's a competition show for creative people. Oh, and this one is based around blowing glass. Oh, so glass, glass blowers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what did you think it was? Blown away. If I were like a um, prostitute, a, com- a, a competition of yeah, maybe sex workers. I don't know. Well, it's. I mean, it's funny that that's where your mind goes because you, the, the big ovens that they put the the glass in with the pipe to, to yeah. blow on it to kind of expand it. That is called a glory hole. No, it is. This that's is, the technical no. term. Is he going to blow his glass into the glory hole? Yes, they say that. No, no I, can't, I can't deal with that. <laughs> It's great. it's such a crap for my every uh, no biggie. The... We're not calling this episode glory hole. I'm telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> all uh, the kind it'll, of... it'll come down to a vote, mate. <laughs> all the all the judges constantly say you've got to blow us away with this one. Oh. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be judging you on your blowing skills oh, and all these kind of things. It's just like me and Pip are sat watching it, just crease laughing because it's so bad. And it's again, it's they done so what cheap doing. with like. Oh, they absolutely know what they're doing, but it, it's also—it's a Canadian show, oh, so they're all yeah. very genuine about it yeah. <laughs> and lovely. Um, and it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's literally like eight people go in at the start of the season, um, and they get set to, each week is just a challenge to make some a kind vase. of art out of glass. <laughs> and inevitably, things break. People get annoyed. People get frustrated. There's some really kind of attempt a pretty editing and that kind of Isn't thing. Isn't it like and a really ridiculously hard skill, glass blowing? Like, oh yeah, like yeah, like it's 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 like artisan looks easy. Videos of some skills as well. Mm. Yeah, like some of the stuff that these people create is actually mind blowing. It's yeah. incredible, like this, the kind of the stuff that they're pulling out. And then you've got the judges go around going, "Oh, that's a bit shit." And I'm looking at it going, it's "Amazing." <laughs> 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 that's my magnum opus, and you just called it shit. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that. That is well worth watching. It's on Netflix. It's terrible. There's two seasons of it, but it's amazing. How long are the episodes? Is it like a 45 minute? No, no, half an hour oh, at a time. Perfect. They only do like one challenge a week. It's not like Bake Off perfect. where you've got like three or four things to do. The last one, just for the pure audaciousness of the concept, is a, it's a Nat Geo documentary. Mm. Uh, you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. It's called Drain the Oceans. Now, I love me a low-budget documentary. Mm. I do love a low-budget documentary. The conceit with this one is shit that sunk. So, <laughs> oh, you know, like when bo- where boats have sunk, yeah, or um, like where the- where they've created a dam and they've like flooded a city, that kind of thing, yeah. Um, but the conceit of the show is that they use kind of radio topography and computer generated art to dr- drain the water, and so they talk about kind of what happened, what sunk, and all that, and then the narrator comes up really dramatically. Now, for the first time. Ever, we have the technology to drain the ocean. <laughs> and you get, <laughs> Mr. Burns, pull the plug this, on that one. You get this animation of the water sinking away from the image to show you what they've got. But they they do it four or five times an episode, and it's the same animation. Oh god! So they're talking about the same thing. Like they'll, they'll have one episode dedicated on um, like a boat, uh, like a um, it, it was a, it was a Nazi boat that was sunk in. Somewhere in the Nordics, yeah. Um, but it was kind of it was a, it was a big deal, like a big operation, full that, of Nazi gold. <laughs> it, I can't remember what it was full of, but it was full of something the Nazis wanted. And the, the Allies, Covenant, sunk, the, maybe the, 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 the Allies sunk it in a kind of very interesting counterintelligence operation. Oh, and it, and it sunk to the bottom of this lake. And so they, the, the, I think they generate the animation once, and then they just keep reusing it <laughs> because they because they start talking about now that we have the technology to drain the ocean. 
we can look down and see the damage at the bottom of it. <laughs> but then later on in the episodes, now we can drain the ocean <laughs> and see where the captain will be standing and stuff like that. <laughs> Really, really strange. Drain the like, Ocean sounds like some metalcore album, concept yeah. album. But the, it's like the, it's like they've generated five minutes worth of content for the episode, and they have to keep looping it to get it up to twenty five minutes. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's actually re- some of the stuff they talk about is really interesting, and it, it's a really um, good show. Didn't but it's James so Cameron do something like this recently as well? He was like, because he's obviously obsessed oh, with the Titanic, ever since isn't he? The abyss, yeah, he, he, stuff he loves. Is, he yeah, likes draining the, the ocean. Stuff. That guy. Oh yeah. Oh, to be fair, most of the time he just chucks himself in a submersible with a yeah. camera and just goes down there. He's got a private two billion dollar submersible that he just gets in every weekend. Yeah, if you if you've got Disney Plus, go onto the Nat Geo side and watch Drain the Oceans. Oh, it's so yeah. funny. <laughs> like I say, it's really interesting, but the execution is so funny. It's just you, you'll 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 chortle away because and again, the computer graphics they're not stunning. No, like, I, I mean it's a recent show. It's like a couple of years old. Yeah, but, but it's sometimes like, Nat Geo graphic, mate, it's not Discovery Channel. <laughs> oh no no! Like I'm saying, it's, it's, it's like it's like a 2008 video game cutscene. Yeah, it's that level. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, I've got I've got another that um, it's quite a recent one, and it's it's kind of blown my mind that it's allowed to exist. It's called The Circle. Um, it's, oh, I've seen that. It's yeah. on Netflix. It's also on Channel Four, I believe. This 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 is like US version, UK version, very similar to as as I mentioned, Married at First Sight, that type of thing. I don't know how these shows are allowed to exist because it's not fair. (laughs) So The Circle basically is um, like 10 or so hopefuls, romantics, are put in a room each. They've all got their own room and a computer and a social media platform that they've invented. And they get the choice whether to catfish people or be truthful. So they can create a profile. They can, if you're a man, you can be a woman and vice versa and everything. You can make yourself gorgeous and stuff like that. And they chat to people. And the aim of the game is to trick the person into liking you enough that you have a dinner date with them. And most of the time, they realize that they've been talking to someone of the same sex or a woman that is clearly not a 21-year-old 20, supermodel and vice versa, that kind of thing. It's horrendous. <clears throat> it's unfair. It's mean-spirited. Um, it is basically the evolution of catfish. Like catfish, mm. the, the the film, it started a revolution, really, didn't it? That one. It's like that was incredible of catfishing. Movie. Yeah, it exposed that kind of thing. And this this show, The Circle, has just capitalised on because it Gl- glorifies it. Yeah, it glorifies it. Yeah, and people genuinely like heartbroken because they've formed a bond over like a space or a week or something with these people that have made them feel so special and like if let's say you're you're a gay man and you thought you were chatting to another gay man and it turns out to be a woman you're going to be mortified aren't you like oh yeah we can be mates but you've broke my heart that kind of thing is it's not nice but I like watching it (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it is a really morally reprehensible show because it's basically encouraging people to fuck with other people's perceptions. Yeah, yeah. they do. A, they do a good job of making you not like the people. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've, seen the ad- I've seen the adverts for it. And the, ad- like, the, the the kind of the, the conceit is like, who do you want to be today? And yeah, it's just like, yeah. Okay, well, but why why would you want to do that? Like. Are you that insecure with yourself that you would go on TV to mm. lie about who you are? I, I don't. Do they actually win something at the end of it? I don't know if it's actually a competition or anything, or if it's just a I can't even reality fucking show. remember, mate. I've, <laughs> I've watched loads of episodes, but I can't remember if they win it. I thought they just 
won their dignity back. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they have any dignity to start with if they go on that show. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's it's nasty, but you can't stop watching it. And the last show I want to talk about is some consider a national treasure. I think it's been going 15 years or so now. It's called The One Show. You've heard of it, haven't you? <laughs> Basically, you watch that when you're waiting for something else to come on. <laughs> but if you ever sit down and watch an episode of The One Show, you will be amazed at the juxtaposition. Before the pandemic, obviously, I'm talking. So on one episode, they had Brian May on, right? And then, all of a sudden, right, before we talk to Brian May, we're going to talk to Sheila, who's going to talk about the price of fish and chips. Do you know what I mean? And then there's a little mini documentary about that. And then it comes back to Brian May talking about his life in in, in being a rock star and stuff like that. And then it go, then it cuts back to... And now we have Michaela Strachan to talk about igneous rocks for 10 minutes. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's like It's like Blue Peter, but for adults. But without it being adult themed, if you have you, have you ever actually watched the one show? No. Again, it's been it's been on when I've been waiting for something. Else. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. happens. It happens when like you're waiting for Doctor Who or something to come on, and you're like, one show needs to finish. <laughs> but I genuinely like it. Like sometimes they have massive stars. They had Rod Stewart on, and and I can't even think of anybody else now. <laughs> but yeah, they have big like they've had ex presidents on the one show and stuff like that. They had Al Gore and stuff like that. Vice presidents, and then they're cut into some little kid being the best six-year-old artist in in the country and stuff. And Al Gore's like, "Yeah, that was great." (laughs) So, what do you think about the price of fish and chips, Al Gore? I don't know what fish and chips is, (laughs) and it's live. It's yeah. I found a BuzzFeed article because some of the links that they make with this, especially with the celebrities, are ridiculous. Oh, they are. And 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 this one was this was my favorite. um, it's basically titled "When Michael Sheen Apparently Inspired an Item on Bus Routes After an Interview Had Ended," <laughs> and the way they link this is Michael Sheen talking. He's obviously talking on about he's on there about a film or a, yeah, a play yeah, or yeah. something like that. And and you've got um, Matt, what's his name, the Geordie one, um, saying, "Now, Michael, we knew as a child that you love riding the bus." Mm-hmm. And Michael Sheen's got a perplexed look, going. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> says, we we pick the next film especially for you here's Arthur Smith with a film that might that Michaels Brummies and anyone who loves a good bus route will enjoy how the hell do you make a link like that with like a Hollywood the actor tenuous links in it are incredible <laughs> like that like oh, oh did they, do you know do you know that ginger comedian that sings the Australian one with a big ginger air and he's a singer what's his name he's got eyeliner on oh Tim Minchin Tim Minchin yeah Tim Minchin were on once and he's vegetarian and they're like and they were talking to him for about 15 minutes and then Tim you were like tucking into a burger, don't you? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm vegetarian, mate. Like and he was like, oh, well, we're, we're going to cook a burger now anyway. <laughs> Actually, no, I think I, th- I think I found a, a one that's even better that I prefer even better than that Michael Sheen one. Hey, do, you know the, do you know the comedian Joe Lysett? Yeah. 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 So how do you know him? So, so the link starts with, now we know that Joe is never happier than when he's got something to complain about. So Joe Lysett thinking, yes, <laughs> yes. that's a joke because his whole comedy shtick is yeah. complaining. Well, this should really put a smile on your face. Ready? Because tomorrow British gas prices are increasing. And there's just this look of shock from Joe Lice. It's just like, no, that's not what I complain about. How's, how's he supposed to riff on that, though? That's what they, they expect no. him to riff on, that kind of like, um, I've got Eon energy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
ridiculous. But yeah, I, 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 I think oh, it's, it's like when you watch um, uh, um, Bargain Hunt and things like that, you're watching it for different reasons. You're watching it for Dickinson, the real deal, that's the one I mean. Dickinson, you're watching it for him being stupid and daft and looking into the camera too close and stuff like that. And we one show you looking, you're watching it for the stupid bits like that, and that's why I like it. Has anybody got <laughs> any more? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about when you said about the circle about watching and being drawn into these kind of horrible people. Yes, and why we as a society kind of get drawn to those kind of shows. It makes and us why feel we, better. <laughs> yeah, and why we watch them and, and, and enjoy it. And it's got me thinking about the show Just the Two of Us. Anyone watched it? Oh, yes, I've seen that. Oh, no, okay. I so haven't. If, if, if anyone doesn't know yeah. what this is, right, the concept of this show is that um, <laughs> two friends or partners or whoever will come onto a show and they'll design a tattoo for the other person, and the other person has to wear blacked out goggles okay. while, they're, while they're being tattooed. Oh, are you saying so just, ta- uh, are you saying yeah, just yeah, tattoo yeah. of us? Yeah, just yeah. tattoo of us. Oh, yeah. that is fucking shite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But the results mean, no. are fucking incredible. Oh, no. I hate it already. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't, so basically they can't see the tattoo and then oh, no. the whole thing is about the reveal of the tattoo and is it always the a cock? ensuing craziness. There's a lot of cocks. <laughs> and, it's just some of the stuff that people do to their friends and their partners. And I'm like, what are you thinking? How could you think that tattooing that on somebody oh. is a good thing? It just is it's just full of the worst of the worst people. And I, was, I, I had a little look again today at some of the reveals. And there's one guy who went on to um, dump his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So he did this to dump his girlfriend. Oh my god, on telly. Yeah, so he oh. got so he, a tattoo of her of a toilet with the word dumped in it. No. And like and then he's like she's like, Why would you do that? And he's just like You're you dumb. Know, and it's got yeah, basically. And then afterwards he's just like, actually it's just a prank. You know, <gasps> because me and you prank each other. I'm the king of the pranks. I've I've won up oh. and everything. And she's just like, Nope, we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh just, no. He thought he was like trying to do it as a prank, and she was like, Nope. And then there's one um some girl got a um you know, the rabbit vibrator, just tattooed a massive pink rabbit vibrator on the on her inner thigh. Oh god. Uh the one of the worst ones I've ever seen. I, you might have to put a content one on this one. <laughs> Viewer discretion is, is advised. A bloody tampon coming out of the pant line of oh yeah, my yeah, God. somebody of a, yeah, of a girl. It's just like a string oh with a bloody God. tampon coming out. And I'm thinking, why why would you, as a best friend, think that is a funny thing to do? No, but there's like, there's a more apt question. You're saying these people are getting tattooed or blindfolded, yet you still know that someone's tattooing very close to your private parts. I'd yeah, be like, everything around there. I'd be like, Honestly, no, 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 no. You're gonna one guy got out, like, yeah. um, you know, like, uh, imagine superhero, pow, whiz, bop, bang, yeah. kind of thing, that yeah. kind of Batman thing. But on it, it said stuff like uh, syphilis, gonorrhea. Oh, uh, God. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, God. Yeah, and all these, like, sexually transmitted disease. I, I swear that it's awful. And the last one is this guy got, it's a picture of him on this guy's belly, <laughs> bent over. So it's, yeah. so it looks like the belly button is the guy's ass. Oh, God. <laughs> Get that fucking covered up. Honestly, yeah. I was going through this clip and 
uh, it must have been about 20 or 30 reveals in this clip and about two people went oh I love it Shut and up. everyone else is just like yeah because some of some people are actually nice and do <laughs> get, like, get like nice tattoos or yeah, like, something yeah. that means something but most of the people just get absolutely horrendous it, tattoos is it, is it, do, do they have like do they mix it up like on one episode they'll have like oh yeah your mum my mum died and they've got a really lovely tattoo with a rose and stuff on their arm and they're proper emotional and then on the same episode they'll have like you say, a bloody tampon sticking out of someone's pant line. Yeah, is it uh, that kind uh, of. I just, I just watch for the reactions. I don't really pay much attention <sighs> who, to anything who, else. Who's presenting that kind of show? Oh, it's it's a Geordie Shaw woman. Geordie Shaw girl. I don't know who uh, she mate, is. Mate, you could show me a picture, and I wouldn't know who it was. Yeah, no. <laughs> one, 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 one of my favourites that I've seen on it is um, uh, there was there was a, a last one on there, and kind of a, her boyfriend's like a serial cheat. Oh no. Mm. So the tattoo that she designed for him was her face on his chest with "I have a girlfriend" written above it. <laughs> Why is she still with him? Well, I mean that's a, that's a, that's a whole set of problems. Yeah. Aside from is that, is there not a psychologist on this show? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I think it spawned from an MTV America. It's like an American show originally. What but a surprise! A yeah, lot. I, I of doubt the, the Americans just... are that disgusting. No, not they are. Are they? They're just as bad. Yeah, yeah, they're oh. just as bad. And then. Um, yeah, just one last one. Um, not as extreme, but I, whenever I used to see this on, it'd be on late at night, and I just, I'd always get drawn in and watch it. The Storage Wars. Love, oh, I yes. love yes. Storage Wars. Can absolutely love stuff. Whether it's a UK version or the US, the guy the that ca- does the no, it has the, to be the US the version. auction guy. Hello, 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 yeah, yeah. Love him. <laughs> but I just love the the backstabbing and yes. the and the shit talking. And they all know each other, don't they? Like? All, they all know each other. It's all the same people always going to these lots, and they're always like it's so good. And sometimes it's really sometimes it's great to watch and get a win. Like you'll pull some out and like fuck me, they've gone, they've uncovered some gold here. But then every now and again, there's all this this bitchiness going on and all mm. and the. They're ramping each other's bids up, and then they'll pull all this stuff out that looks like it could be great, and say, like, "Oh, this is just." I love, I love tat. that guy that um, when when they're doing the auction, he goes, "Money, money, yeah, money." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love they all guy. have their own characters. They are, they're all little characters, and they're all like known as little nicknames and stuff. And, and that, do you see that episode when they got loads of guns? Someone once got like um, they, they just got like uh, a load of bouncy castles and inflatable stuff, and they were just like. Oh, they, they seemed disappointed, and I, and then one of them was just like, "Hang on, like these are all in really good condition. Yeah, they're worth like, a thousand pounds use, each. Yeah, like we can either sell these or we can rent them out and earn yeah. money off them." And they're like, "Oh yeah," and it's like actually worked out to be a good find in the end because yeah. they worked out how much they could sell them for. So not allowed or, to look into the lot, are they? No, you're not allowed can, to see what they can. They can peer in. Yeah, so they'll open the door and you can, have, you can have a, but you can't walk past like the threshold. I'm sure, I watched one where somebody got like a really good like Mega Drive or something like that, or like a console. My, Pe- my 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 favorite one was when when one of them they'd be like, like it's like a really heated one, lots of drama. Oh yeah, and um, <laughs> money, and and like the, the 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 bid on this thing, and there's like in the middle of the storage shed, it's like this thing that's covered over and thinking, oh, is it a car? Is it a workbench? Oh yeah, or whatever. yeah. And um, so is it the main the main couple? Like there's a there's a there's a, a bloke and his wife that are the kind that's of right. the yeah, they've got up. their own pawn shop, haven't they? Them too. Yeah, they, they they win it and they kind of they pull the top back and like they lose their shit because it's a Lamborghini. Oh, what? And then, and then and then their main rival goes in. He kind of like opens it. He's like, I don't think Lamborghinis have Toyota written on the engine, and it's a fucking kit car. <laughs> oh, so no. they've lost their shit, but it's like it's made with like a Toyota <laughs> Corolla engine. Oh, <laughs> it's, just, oh it's devastating. A little MR two engine. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've not seen that one, no, but... Oh, that's oh, fucking no. brilliant. I'd sell it to some absolute baller that hasn't got a clue. Mm. I'd be like, let's do love love it. There's Lamborghini, love that, it sounds like an MR2, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the UK version is... it's. It's just as good. They're they have some of the American stupid. guys on it, don't they? Yeah, sometimes they're just as stupid. Like in terms of the characters, and they're like Heavy D was just yeah ridiculous. Every time he won something, it was just like boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's that's one of those like true TV shows, isn't it? Because he had what was the other one that they did at the same time? It was like lizard lick towing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, what's that one? And then they, they, like, they, start, they started it all with like Dog the Bounty Hunter, didn't they? I kind of, oh yeah. god, just absolute trash. That is that is trash. That kind of stuff. Oh absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, just rem- all that ever reminds me of is the South Park riff on it. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. If you've not if you've not seen the <laughs> yes, Car- so Cartman being Dog the Bounty Hunter, you have to watch <laughs> that episode. So good. You've got his little ear. Your Jesus, bro. Your Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> got your whole pass, bro. Got your whole pass. <laughs> it's so good. So um, if we're all done with. I want to give one oh. honourable mention. Oh yeah, let's let's do it. To the originator of the trash TV shows. Okay. Did you guys ever watch The Word? The Word. Yes, I did watch The did Word. Did you ever in see the 90s, that? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. I just want to give one honourable because it's one of the the strangest combinations of guests they ever had on that show. Oh yeah. And for those that don't know it, it was really the beginning of youth TV. Yeah. Late it night was before, like, TV. T- TGI Friday and stuff like that, wasn't it? Mark Lamar. Yeah. And Terry Christian were the main presenters. And they'd sometimes have somebody from the general public who would be like, this is Dave, and he likes kissing grannies. Yeah. Go on, Dave, kiss a granny. <laughs> and he'd kiss a granny oh, for his five minutes of fame. He didn't just kiss her, he snubbed her. Yeah. Um, it was <laughs> really rubbish stuff like that. But then they'd have like Oasis on to see the show out and stuff. But my favourite episode was when they had Snoop Dogg on. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and Rod Hull yeah. with Emu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and a combination. You, Leave him alone. Leave him alone. You have to just, again, find the clip of that on yeah, YouTube it's so because good. it's just something else. It's literally... Doesn't Snoop Dogg says, get that bird out of my face. <laughs> he basically ends up attacking Snoop yeah. Dogg with Emu. <laughs> Going to his nether regions at one point, just because that's what Rod Hole does. But I think if Snoop Dogg was strapped, I think he would have basically took <laughs> shot Rod Hole a lot quicker than that roof did. Shot that because he, <laughs> <laughs> he, I think he actually put his foot on Rod Hole's neck at one point. It's, it is just incredible. The fact oh that you God. somebody thought it'd be a good idea to have Rod Hole and Snoop Dogg together on the sofa. What must Amer- it's just Americans else. have thought about him and Emu? Like British people, uh, are like yeah, fine, whatever, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's ridiculous, Stupid. but like being on the same show as Americans, they were just being like, "What the fuck I remember is when- going on here?" That's like having Suge Knight and spit the dog or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I believe I believe Rod yeah. Hull's dead. Rest in peace. But if we could, is, we yeah. would have had him on the show. Absolutely. Next sat next to Gadget. Obviously. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate! Could you imagine that? <laughs> but yeah, um, speaking as as we we're saying that that's been trash TV from us. Um, speaking of trash, um, Gadget has a lot of trash mail. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's hard to filter out between the, the standard junk mail we get, the death threats, the bombs, and then the shit that the listeners send us, you know. So it takes a while. I bet it does. And there's, there's a lot of it. So we're starting off this week with um, the lovely Gucci Gang Potato. Mm-hmm. 
She's messaged in. That's amazing. Uh, saying, I haven't watched TV in years, but what I did enjoy massively was three in a bed or four in a bed. Oh, yes. The drama was hilarious. Really good. People purposely <laughs> scoring really low so they had a better chance of winning, etc. Four in a bed is the one where it's uh, oh, B&Bs, isn't it? Hotel B&Bs. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, hotels it's B&Bs. So it's and, and, and people, fuck. Yeah, they all have to go and stay. They're all B&B owners. They all have yeah. to stay at each other's hotels. And you see the, like, kind of, like, being extra snooty, like going like to the top of the dado rail and seeing if they yeah. dust up there and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, it's so dreadful. She also they get says black lights out as well. <laughs> they do, yeah. It also says uh, Geordie Shaw. I've never watched uh, it. No. Nope. I'm not sure if this is low budget, but absolutely loved it. My favorite scene is where Sam takes Chloe on a romantic picnic. Tells a story about a fortune teller in Byron who says it's time to take the relationship to the next level. <laughs> Chloe thinks he's about to propose. But instead, Sam asks if, if he can stick it in her arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, you can't do that, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I will say YouTube that one because that clip is fucking hilarious because oh. with the way that it's edited together with the kind of the talking heads and all that and her reaction She's to like, it. Like, propagating the most. Like, this is it. This is the moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that. And, and, and like he says, I think it's time to let me stick it in your ass. Oh, and no. And it goes to her, she's going... What did he just say? <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, that really fake Jordi accent that they all said, have. I did it anyway. <laughs> Probably. Uh, next up, she says, Filthy Britain SOS. I'll get back to you on this. It was either on Channel 4 or ITV, but it was a series on blocked drains. Yeah, and yeah, remember some council this. workers going around showing blocked drains and unblocking them. And the fat birds. It was filled with loads of innuendo. Yes, yes. And then she also tops off with um, any UK police programme. I live for the drama. Absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff. We love the drama of the police programmes. Mm-hmm. Like I say, Oodles is about to guest on one. Yeah, I've I've been on a few episodes. (laughs) Uh, Over on Twitter, XBenBlasterX says, Somehow me and my girlfriend have been drawn into the unmissable car crash that is Married at First Sight Australia. Somehow, because I told you to watch it. so stagey, but ooh, so spicy. I can't take my eyes away. Mm. So that one leads us on quite conveniently to Tom Earp's email. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his name right. Saying, hey, I think the trashiest thing I watched on TV in 2020 was by far Married at First Sight Australia. Channel 5 showed season 5 from 2018. In case you're not familiar, the basic premise is that singles who can't find love apply to be on the show, and a group of experts decide who should be paired off with whom, and then they meet for the first time at the altar. They go on a honeymoon and then experience married life together for a period of time by living together and partaking in various activities, <laughs> after which they must decide whether to stay together or get divorced. That does sound like marriage. I mean, you know, you live with your wife Basically, and then yeah. you partake in activities. Um... He goes on to say that's the original format from Denmark, at least. In the Australian one, they can't legally be married like that. So it is a wedding day, but it's a non-binding commitment yeah, ceremony. Yeah, they cheat on each other as well. <laughs> yeah. In the Australian version, the couples have a chance each week to stay or leave. Yep. But they only leave if both choose to. I've not seen any of the original Danish show or any of the early Australian seasons, but would like to think that maybe the show just started off with some level of innocence before it descended into the utter no, car crash it is now. it didn't. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the show, but I couldn't stop watching it. It's clearly a well-polished reality TV format with the couples being placed together in situations or partaking it's in activities budget. designed to encourage emotions to run high. There are also plenty of clever editing, reaction shots, and fake cliffhanger trickery in the same vein you guys discussed about Hell's Kitchen last week. <laughs> There were dizzying highs and devastating lows. One couple's journey in particular was a repeating catalogue of deceit, betrayal, discovery and reconciliation. <laughs> For example, trying to hook up with someone else's new wife. Wow. <laughs> yep. The guy was a dick. 
She kind of had the last laugh by stringing him along to the very final recommitment ceremony and then just saying no, but she was no angel either. Another couple was a bit of a mummy's boy and free spirited and a free-spirited independent woman who constantly clashed with her new mother-in-law. The mother-in-law didn't help things along, to be fair. Another couple was a total ice queen and a bumbling but loyal and generally well-meaning if a little sex-obsessed guy. But <laughs> Troy, he never stood a chance. That's, that's a big collection of qualities to have in someone. Basically, that basically <laughs> describes Stig then, didn't it? Bumbling, loyal, well-meaning, but sex-obsessed. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Was any of it real? Was, was it all scripted? Were the quote-unquote experts actual psychologists or whatever they claimed to be? I don't have the answers to those questions even after 32 plus hours of watching. Total trash. No doubt of 10. Would watch again, though. That was from the very incognito Sheep Goes Bar. Definitely not Cow Goes Moo. No. Sheep Goes Bar. Um, nice to have a new listener. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Married at First Sight Australia seems to be a quite a popular one. I, I might have to I might have to send Pip on a um, fact-finding mission. Man, it sounds like something you that she would love. You, you, you just need to watch. Just watch the newer series. You don't, you, it's, not, it's not like this uh, arching narratives or anything like that. Just watch the latest, se- <laughs> the latest season. It's so fucking good. So good. Smash is clear who's emailed in. Morning, gents. I used to absolutely love the dreadful scripted reality shows that were on supposedly educational channels. Things like Porn Stars on History or American Chopper on Discovery. They were just awful TV, but somehow compelling and entertaining. The shows all have central businesses that loosely tie to the theme of the channel, a cast of wacky characters playing to the camera and trying desperately to float themselves as a future celebrity and a weekly dose of hijinks. Nothing ever goes smoothly. Every project is late, rushed and over budget. The central cast have to bicker and argue so one of them can storm out and throw office furniture. It's so obviously staged and the setups are so ludicrous that you can just switch your brain off and enjoy some of the lowest common denominator TV. Also, infomercials. I miss the early 2000s golden age of infomercials. Cheaply made, elaborate exercise gadgets that promised the world and would look more at home in a London dungeon than an actual gym. (laughs) And the kitchen gadget ads that feature those hapless schlubs that can't use a can opener or pour a drink from a bottle without risking decapitating themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about the um, American choppers and stuff for a quick second? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. sure. It just got me think one one of the things that I had on my list was Pimp My Ride. Oh, I love Pit oh, My Ride. Right. Yeah, because it was just so ridiculous. Like, Exhibit was such a good host, but I loved <laughs> I just, I always found it so ridiculous how he'd just like wander up to someone's house and knock on the door. And it was oh always in the, they'd always answer and they'd be like, oh my God, it's Exhibit. It's like, like you didn't know he was yeah, but already sometimes coming. The camera yeah. was behind the person opening the door. Yeah, oh my exactly. God, also a it was from inside. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, 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 he'd like grab the hand and yank them out the yeah. door for a hug yes. and all that. <laughs> and he'd introduce, they'd be like, let's have a look at y'all like, absolute shit shit bag of a car and then they turn it into something amazing it's like yeah but underneath that it's still this awful car that's probably going to just crank you know crash yeah. crank out like 20 miles down the road but this time it's got a but- fish tank in the boot an xbox steering wheel is the steering yeah. wheel instead <laughs> yeah it, well all those cars were horrendously impractical there was one i did i remember seeing that the car was in such a shit state that they actually couldn't legally let it leave the garage like there was nothing they could do to because the entire frame was rusted so they actually just give them a fucking new car but because 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 of the way the advertising rules worked in on UK telly compared to US telly, every time they mentioned the name of the car, they had to bleep it out. And then any time like there was an like a shot of the car, they had to bleep out the badges on the wheels and on the on the um, oh bonnets and stuff That's like that. Isn't it? I, I just remember like one. It's like oh, we heard that you really like ping pong, so we put a ping pong table in your boot. 
Like literally, like it opened the boot, and you, this ping pong table just falls out and it falls out like this. And people compare ping pong left and right from the left side of the car to the right side of the car. And it's like, why would you want that? It's just taking all the boot space up. <laughs> it's when it gets like the third season or something, and this is, and yeah, we put the standard PlayStation in the back of it. It's like it's no longer a novelty to have a PlayStation yeah. in your car. You think we, we when they take these cars back to wherever they live, it's like that's going to be nicked in about two minutes. Yeah, or so. Understand you like pizzas? Here's an oven. Yeah, it was shit like that. <laughs> a brick oven. I once saw it once where they were just like, oh, I know you're really into like um, you, you're rushing between this uh, your school and your day job, and you don't have time to change. So we've put like a wardrobe in your boot. Like, like <laughs> you press a button and this wardrobe comes out the boot. And it's like, yeah, but now it's just what going to get stand in the middle of the street and get dressed. Like, where's it going to go? You're <laughs> taking the back seats out for the PlayStation yeah. to go in, so I can't I think, get in I there. I think I read something somewhere where most people just sold it because I always it, wondered how you uh, declare it to your insurance. Like, uh, what colour is your car? Um, it's basically every colour. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> just get get your insurance code and just send them a DVD of the yeah. episode. And there. how much That's do your wheels cost? More than the car. <laughs> it's very mod- do you have any modifications all of them uh, yeah I see on your website there's no fish tank uh, option it also says eject to see is this correct <laughs> yeah oh man I loved it though I absolutely loved that best boy Kurt Lewin has emailed in saying I used to watch a lot more reality trash TV growing up but I rarely watch TV anymore and and of that I, of that I do is nearly is generally dramas I used to watch stuff like I'm a Celebrity Big Brother X Factor Britain's Got Talent and more these days I do have one exception though and that's The Apprentice oh that is trashy as fuck and people I love that people sh- like to pretend that it's like high high calibre high high class oh no it's not high calibre it's trash no. as fuck <laughs> I love that I've show. never watched it so good I know, oh, it. I know how it kind of works but I've never you, watched it you need to just watch a, watch a series like watch like one from like three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, it's the show that spawned Katie Hopkins. That's where she came yeah. from. That's what made her famous. Yeah. Yeah, Just watched the one with uh, Stuart the Brand Braggs. Oh, Believe it or Stuart, not, as well, Biggie, the the host of God rest his soul. The, the main the main host or character or boss of the American version came, became a president at one point of America. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Kirk goes on to say I love that show with its various contestants which have obviously been chosen for entertainment value rather than the business acumen but that makes it all the better Mm. it annoys me how cocksure they are of themselves and that makes it all the better when they mess up which they often do in spectacular fashion to the point that you can't actually believe they've been successful in business before (laughs) the only thing that makes my eyes roll uh, on the other con- contestant one liner one line puns Sir Alan Sugar comes out with which are so obviously scripted yeah yeah yeah. the, the, the contestants are fucking atrocious like you see these people says, oh I, I run this this successful media empire in the southeast yeah. and all that and then he doesn't know how to do like profit and loss forms yeah and stuff like that like, he doesn't know how to work out how to it's so successful he decided to go on the TV and, and try and win a show to get a an apprentice job <laughs> yeah I uh... <laughs> so successful <laughs> The the interview stage, like when it gets down to oh, that's, those are that's amazing. amazing, especially with Claude. Yeah, um, yeah. I believe it, he, he he's now a one of the he's now, he's now one of the kind of advisors, yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. But when he was honestly, when he when he did the interviews, I just don't know how people got through them. No, I don't. He would just rip them to pieces. He would he'd be able to tear apart their lies. And and he and he do his background research on things that people like say like they could like gadget said oh I I own this media company that's produced on this no you don't 
Yeah. In fact, I've looked into that. You only employed two people, and it went and it went bankrupt <laughs> six months later. <laughs> and they'd be like, uh, 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 and he just he just rip into them like did, oh, just what had their number every single what's time. What's his name? So did, did well from it. Uh, he now hosts Countdown, doesn't he? Nick Nick Hewer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did well. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's the best. The best advisor though was Margaret. That that, yes. that eyebrow could kill people. Yes. Yeah, she would just raise that eyebrow and it could murder people. Do you not remember uh, Stuart? Is it uh, Stuart Bags or Bob Braggs? Yeah, that yeah. Kind of, And he walked in to his interview. And he's like, "Oh, Margaret!" Like, because because she was yeah. a celebrity. Because of in a, in a sense, because yeah. she'd been on five or six series by now. And he just he he just he walked in and he, he addressed her like that. And then you just thought you could see you thought it. shit. This is meant to be a formal interview. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, Claude's like, why'd you call yourself a brand? I think I am a brand. But you're not there. And he goes, no, I am. <laughs> it's like, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, Claude's reaction's like, no, you're not a brand. You're nothing. You're you. Yeah. Yep. You, you're nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, and, the, yeah, and, the, and then comes, because his, I remember his business, like, went, went, or the kind of thing that he'd done, which got him onto The Apprentice. Was he ran a mobile phone company on the Isle of Wight? Yes. And he was like, and like part of his business, he was like, oh, we aim to expand the business. And 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 Claude's like, how? There's only so many people on the Isle of Wight. Yeah. You run, you run out, <laughs> run out of Ireland. Yeah, basically. Um, for our last one, because we have one more that isn't that isn't on the show, on the show notes ooh, because I've just ooh, been texted. This is from Pip. Oh, Pip's decided to write in because Trash TV is her remit. <laughs> so. She says, if I asked myself in the before times, what would I do when faced of the end of the world as we know it? I would have pictured myself in some Lara Croft khaki look, thick thighs from constantly running for my life and through a diet of military rations and rats finally achieving the waist that looks good in a tank top. (laughs) I did not, however, picture myself engineering the best way to sandwich myself between two hot water bottles so I could sit on the porch in a blanket nest and chain smoke while watching Vanderpump Rules. (sighs) Vanderpump Rules is an eight-season reality show following Lisa Vanderpump one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills and her husband, Ken, yep. and the young aspiring models and actors who occasionally pop up to do a shift at her restaurant, Pump. Yep. <laughs> That's the name of the restaurant. It's messy, trashy, and completely addictive. You follow the lives of these people as they face the usual trials and tribulations of life in your 20s again and again and again and learn nothing. Mm. As producers suggest uh, to the jacked-up try-hard jock, Who's, try, who's trying to turn over a new leaf with a sweet southern girl, that it would be a great idea to go to Vegas with the lads days before meeting her strict Bible-quoting parents in Kentucky. <laughs> Paired best with a glass of wine, the plot is predictable enough that you can keep half your focus on adding items you never intend to buy to your basket that will inevitably be lost when you have to quickly Google how to pronounce the word opacity. <laughs> which, which is a thing that happened to Pip. <laughs> um, and she also notes that the show is unlikely to come back for a ninth season. Yep. As they were, as they quite rightly fired a few of the main cast for racist comments, and Lisa Vanderpump has been served a hundred thousand dollar lawsuit for not paying for her carrots. Yes, for the restaurant. My wife watched this as well. Oh God, <laughs> a lot of screaming in that show. Well, the th- the thing is, when the when the when the kind of the pandemic first hit, and like before modern escapism happened, um, Pip. Pip struggled with the being home all the time thing, mm. and she sat and watched eight seasons of Vanderpump Rules and like eleven seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills oh. constantly. Yeah, you poor man. Like, no, over that first kind of spring and summer. That, no that wonder you were that chomp- coping you were strategy. Chomping at the bit to get um, to get on this the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is yes. this her, is this her trash TV night? <laughs> yes, that's what she's doing now. 
yeah basically yeah um but yeah that's that, that's the feedback that we've had that's what was it, that what was in the mailbag fantastic thank you very oh. much everybody I've just remembered a really good one. I wish we had time to talk about it, but I'm just going to quickly mention it. Wife Swap. God, that was oh, so good. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. It was oh, I fucking love Wife Problematic swap. as fuck. Yeah, we can't go into it, but God, that was that awful episode when the guy TV, says, But I watched so, so this much is of it. the time me and my wife go upstairs. Do you want to come upstairs? It's like, oh, fuck God. off. <laughs> and some of the unruly kids that yeah. some, some of the yeah. wives had to steal. Do you not with, hit like your the, kids? I hit mine. Like, no, like the one that was like she was vegetarian oh, God, and she yeah. took away all the meat and this kid oh. was going fucking crazy. I want bacon! Give me bacon! <laughs> she just took it away from him and he was going crazy. Yeah. So oh, bad. such a, so good. Maybe we'll do a so full bad, episode so on good. that. <laughs> oh, please, look, no. I, I can't watch any more of that. No. So we will swiftly and uh, finally move on to the socials and our socialite himself has the information take it away um yeah so if you want to find us at twitter you can find us at modern escapism on there you'll find a link to all of our episodes socials and discord uh if you you can leave us any comments there you can have a tweet us or email us at modern escapism at gmail.com uh if you like to watch gaming streams you can come and watch us at twitch.tv forward slash modern escapism and you should come and watch us because if you'd have been there this weekend you'd have seen oodles in uh, Rapture, losing finding out mind. about yeah, losing his mind. Uh, you can go back. We've got videos on demand of that on our YouTube channel and Twitch. You can go back and watch them. Uh, Monday, so he's carrying that on Saturdays. Uh, Monday's Biggie dies. He's going to carry on with his playthrough Dark Souls. <laughs> well, literally, <laughs> Biggie dies on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Pay per view. Yeah, no, just his, just his man. It's, on the game. it's only one off. Dies over and over again. And uh, Wednesdays, Gadget and I will carry on with our Dead Space 3 stream. Uh, by the time you hear this, we'll have done our first stream uh, this week. Uh, I so haven't join watched us it next yet, week. It's in the, but it will have happened, and it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I can. <laughs> yep, it's five-star uh, yeah, so Twitch stream. Wow. I can't believe that thing happened. <laughs> just wait, just, just, just wait until the listeners get in and, and see when the thing didn't happen. As oh, well. I know that Ooh. thing that didn't. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of five stars, uh, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or, or wherever you listen to us, um, because it really helps us get noticed, and it's a really cool thing for people to do because we are worth your five stars. And we're believe it. If you don't, we'll launch a 24-hour show of us. Oh, God, imagine. No, no. I, I should ne- I've, I've been on local television before, and I should never be on television ever again. Well, you've applied to be on it, so... I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. This is why I was so surprised that I, I got past the preliminaries, so you won't see that for another year. I'll already be massive by then anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, those are the socials. That's how you can get hold of us. And um, like I say, come and watch us stream. Thank you very much for that. And what I'm going to, before we leave, uh, it's now time for my final thoughts. If you can't be committed to another person, at least be committed to the concept of character. And don't cheat. And don't be trash. Jerry Springer.
There's one brewing. I am brewing. Oh, no. Oh, come on. Come on, Burp. Oh.